Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Queen is Dead. Today we have Mr. Sanjeet with us and uh, Aryan, uh, our usual returning guest, who should probably be now termed a regular also in some ways. <laughs> uh, so today we are here to discuss uh, Netflix's and uh, Mike Flanagan's, more appropriately, uh, <clears throat> Midnight Mass, a show which will probably have a cult following, pun not intended, because whatever and uh, it will be watched by very few people but i think the people who watch it will mostly come away with something from it hate love whatever so here mm. we are three people who have just watched it and uh, first i'll hand it over to aryan to talk about uh, what he felt about the show so aryan, initial thoughts initial thoughts yes <laughs> So whenever it comes to such experiences of watching such shows and uh, mm. uh, such movies, I'm always overwhelmed just by the thought of, you know, watching, having that experience. So I'm just mm. going to go straight ahead and quote myself for one of the, <laughs> for the article that, my article that got published on Film Companion for the show, mm-hmm. which I wrote. And yeah, just for the sake of convenience, I'm just going to quote myself from that article. So Mm -hmm. I wrote, Midnight Mass is a testament to how great filmmakers always recognize how cinema itself is a tool of bending the progression of time and making it seem a certain way in order to portray complex ideas. Mike Mm -hmm. Flanagan takes the deepest of metaphysical and philosophical ideas that one could think of and throws them onto a horror backdrop. The result Mm -hmm. is the director's most well-thought-out, personal and best work till date. So there's a lot to jump upon just from that actually for me. So I'll, uh, Arjun, do you have anything more to say? I, I actually read your review there and that first paragraph made <laughs> me think of a lot more, lot of things and how mm. I would approach my views on it. Uh, so you have anything else to say? I'll jump in after that. No, no, you you jump in. Uh, <laughs> so, so I think, so there's a lot of things. Uh, that I agree with with Aryan and in the first mm. paragraph that he's written I think it's mostly to do with the fact that you know the great filmmakers and the ideas they they have they sort of bend they use the tools of cinema to bend, bend and make their own sort of viewpoints clear through them mm. uh, I have problems with the show also uh, I think what Aryan said about how it throws it onto the horror template itself is a place of contention for me. Like that tonal balance between serious metaphysical uh, questions mm-hmm. about what does it mean to die, kind of, or what mm-hmm. happens after the after death. When you mm-hmm. put it onto like a genre template of a horror genre template, I'm not sure how how fully successfully they meld together. They like. To me, there are parts of it that definitely meld together, but there are also parts where I, I don't uh, particularly think they mesh well. And I think lastly for me is also the fact that, and this is probably a broader question for these types of shows and films. And this, this I will make this a thing where my Terence Malick and Paul Schrader <laughs> references today will actually have meanings behind them and not just like, I'll throw them away like, <clears throat> I want to promote mm. them. But but genuinely with with films of this ilk right which are like talk which are talking about religion theology and like uh, how people approach it mm. i'm my impression is that they are always much better at 
raising questions than at answering them or at least providing very concrete answers yeah yeah which is where i think midnight mass kind of stumbles a little bit towards the end but but we'll discuss that later uh, so sanjeet your turn go ahead mm-hmm. ha so before moving ahead uh, i'll just clarify and give context that i'm not a horror genre fan as such um i usually refrain from watching horror movies i have seen a lot of them but i try not to actively watch uh, a horror movie or a show as such if it is like very average mediocre but since it was coming from mike flanagan who previously made um, haunting of hill house i was i was kind of excited so i had no idea this uh, when this was coming out i hadn't seen the trailer i hadn't seen the trailer i just got to know the date released uh, that midnight mass was out and this is a show by uh mike flanagan so i was kind of excited i was low key excited and uh, by that time i got to know it's it's based the, the sub- base of the whole storyline is is religion itself uh, which itself makes for a very good you know combination i think i i i really like that combination you know and makes mm-hmm. and makes up for a very good a very post modern kind of a setting for a horror film i feel mm-hmm. or, or a series whatever this is um yeah. and before Uh, my thoughts on uh, midnight mass like i really really like haunting of hill house uh when i watched it i was completely blown away by it mm-hmm. and i remember i thought when i finished that show i thought this show is perfect i mean not just subjectively or like objectively it's just perfect for me because i thought every technique every use of whatever elements used in terms of filmmaking or as a story or just like watching something uh based as a, on a horror show and like typically a horror house thing i thought it was perfect so obviously mike panigan made doctor sleep post that and everything so yeah, mike so, panigan is a very very want, very very interesting director yeah yeah i wanted to ask what do you guys and sanjeet you can start first like what do mm. you guys think of his filmography actually like rather than like you know his tv series and <clears throat> all that yeah um um so i i watched oculus Uh, yeah. but i got into mike flanagan as a director first by hill house, hill house hunting of hill house yeah. and then i went and watched oculus hush and uh, what else has he made doctor gerald's gerald's game gerald's game i watched i think oh, wait 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 i think i i, I watched gerald's game first that was my first because i was in my stephen king uh, mm. <laughs> zone at that point when it came out yep. i was i think 2017 so post that i really liked how he directed you know as a director i think he's phenomenally brilliant you know he's mm. just brilliant um and how he's using very common tropes of horror and bending using actual craft and they're not just cheap thrills mm. you know everyone you know resorts to cheap thrills and they're not they're not just balls to walls crazy horror films like what james wan makes you know uh, or but, made with or malignant made, uh, malignant but uh, but i really liked how he directed you know and he's a master editor man he's a, he's a master editor So yeah I think this is what my thoughts on Mike Flanagan I don't if you have any thoughts you can go ahead Yeah so I've been following Mike Flanagan ever since Oculus came out which was I guess his first feature full length feature film hmm. yeah, And I then so. I've been loved OG ka sequel the, I guess it's called OG oh, the origin of evil Yeah like yeah yeah right 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 I've right, 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 right. not seen that yeah Meaning that film 
oh my god like the even the jump scares in that film are so well realized and it scared this it scared the shit out of me okay that film and yeah. then i found out that it was actually rated pg13 and i feel sorry for all the kids who watched that film in the theater <laughs> because honestly i was mm. scared watching it even <clears throat> in, on my couch right so mm-hmm. i think that was easily like one of the best sequels horror sequels that we have had yeah. and i know that i know that's not saying a lot but like to do something like that to pull off something like that because mm. i don't know if you guys have watched the original uji film it came out in i guess 20 years i've I heard it was like trash. bad okay it yeah. was not <laughs> it was just no. out bad yeah. and then obviously there's her sisters <clears throat> came all those netflix films yeah and haunting of the hill house yeah great like everyone loves it i don't need mm. to add more on that. and then uh, there was the haunting of bly manor which i really i wasn't a big fan of i mm-hmm. honestly felt that it was boring and it didn't have much to offer and even though i know that a lot of people in defense say that it was not a it was not purely a horror show it was a romance and it, it even that I, didn't work as well that, okay Okay, yeah, I haven't yeah, seen it. I've seen it. I'm more or less with Arun actually. I mean, I thought it was a disappointment, definitely. I so watched I the, the yeah. first episode. Though, and then I do really like the resolution, though, for whatever that makes sense. Like the last episodes, last parts are very, very moving. But then there's okay. a lot of stuff to get through. Uh, <clears throat> okay. But then I realized when I actually looked at it that uh, only one of the episodes was only the pilot of the first episode yeah, was yeah, yeah. directed by Mike, Mike Flanagan. And then yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, it makes sense because he might be working, he might be busy on making the sequel for one of the greatest horror films of all time during that time because it came <laughs> right during, uh, right after Doctor Sleep, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, that hmm, makes make sense. What do you guys yeah. think of Doctor Sleep, though? Do you guys like it? Uh, I, I think do. it's. criminally underrated mm-hmm. okay. i don't know if it's underrated as such i i wouldn't put it there but i feel uh it earned its status as a sequel if it wanted to yeah. earn if it, that was the objective i mean it feels like a very good mix of stephen king's uh, sensibilities exactly. and kubrick's original kubrick. shining sensibility and he's a That's massive enough. kubrick fan uh, you mm-hmm. can see those things in midnight mass Um, I think I'll just complete my Midnight Mass thing before we move on. I think um, so. Just to say, I really liked uh, Midnight Mass. I thought uh, the blending of religion and horror. I think uh, which I really liked. I as I mentioned before, um, and so to say, I was scared on a very different level rather than physically having a reaction to a lot of things, mm-hmm. which I think is a which is I think Good is a big compliment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, compliment, proper compliment. Mm. um but the only thing that i thought was maybe if the editing could have been tighter uh mm. it would have like an episode shorter wouldn't have made a difference for me i think um i don't know because this felt less than a limited series it felt more like a film expanded over seven episodes mm. uh in comparison to if you look at uh, haunting of hill house everything f- felt like an episode like it I had mean, that episodic quality hill house uh, has a great structure to it also no it's like individual exactly. individual, like, individual 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 exactly. and whole yeah exactly exactly the yeah. whole thing was episodic so it felt like yeah. a tv show as such like you were actually reading chapters and uh, yeah. that kind of a feel you know and there was this one great episode which was like a single take thing it was mm-hmm. mad crazy uh, mm-hmm. so this is what i felt about bedtime was that if it was a little shorter maybe i think it could have worked as a whole because i thought hmm. 
some of the dialogues which were like monologues and everything went maybe a little too longer which i didn't have an issue earlier on when i watched it but later on thinking about it over the course of 24 hours i thought uh maybe if those parts could have been reduced uh maybe maybe yeah. uh it could have worked better for me but i liked it i really really hmm. liked it yeah but to me it's just like so uh like i watched most of uh, his filmography and tv yeah. show stuff Yeah, like yeah. I'm really surprised by like, like especially I mean I'm not surprised really. I I always think that his TV show work makes great use of the fact that he has more time to make or like you know the marination time to like build up and everything. He really mm-hmm. makes yeah. use of that in this to like yeah. explore things also which are like much deeper in a sense. I don't know if deeper is the correct word, but like you know <laughs> even Gerald's yeah. game. I mean I I I think Gerald's game is my favorite of his work outside of. uh the hmm. tv shows limited for me yeah 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 because uh, hill house is probably my favorite still but like jerry's yeah. game i i'm a big sucker for the the gore in that film is mentally good <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. but but yeah so like i i'm not the biggest doctor sleep fan just to make a make a make the confession but i'm also not the biggest the shining fan mm-hmm. so yeah. sorry people who love both the films you only made this made and this i have i have but just to make it very clear uh yeah. no but but then my doctor sleep would be also because i'm not that fond of the shining universe i guess mm-hmm. in that sense anyways Possibly. the yeah the point is more or less that i'm pretty much into like his whole tv series mold though like the whole using horror as a way to explore grief trauma all that stuff hmm. whatever is part hmm. of like elevated horror nowadays right very very Which typical t- of flanagan you know set hmm. up characters with traumatic back stories and then put them into that you know very, but i think that's a very uh, common horror trope that's become now at least yeah yeah now this is the new horror thing that has been i know here. it's it's getting a bit of a backlash like the whole elevated is horror it? stuff from whatever i have read uh like from see, i think Drew, since babadook babadook yeah sorry sir, go ahead go ahead go ahead sorry. yeah so here's the thing with the horror genre right see if you look back every decade every decade has a type of horror that mm. it's defined yep. through right mm-hmm. so if you go at the 70s there's uh there's halloween right that changed the game i guess it came out mm. in 78 So yeah. that paved the way for proper slasher films, right? Then there was Friday mm. the Thirteenth and all those films. Yeah. Then there was Nightmare on Elm Street. Then there was obviously yeah. Exorcist. Yeah. Then there was pure supernatural horror, wala. Then there was zombie horror, gore horror, and now we are yeah. finally in a state where art house and mainstream horror are like one could clearly see those lines blending, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so yeah. we had Hereditary. We had Hereditary. Yeah. We had Saint Maud. we had a mm. uh, mike flanagan's doctor sleep if you if you mm. and now it's like it's gotten to a point where we see those two lines those two uh genres mixing yeah those two no i think of filmmaking. in fact that's yeah. a, no that's mm. a great description of flanagan actually flanagan is one of the few people yeah. i think who combines those sensibilities quite well uh, mm. i think exactly. the backlash that's is more true. against uh, simple art house elevated horror mm. which is like you know everything is trauma and nothing is horror yeah. which i mean fair complaint i trauma, i yeah. personally <laughs> don't mind it i i would probably have my cerebral horror or whatever anyways we'll be <laughs> it we'll go to midnight mass and i think 
we've decided to go directly into spoilers because yeah, otherwise yeah. we'll so just keep on before moving on to spoilers i think we'll all recommend, all recommend. midnight mass yeah. yeah fantastic yeah, yeah. show please please watch it and then come and listen from this point onwards so this is the spoiler part and yeah here we go yes here we go nice someone will <laughs> recognize that football reference sandeep uh whoever listens to this podcast uh anyways so do you want to just start from like the start like or, or like just let's start from whatever things were your favorite parts and whatever things were your least favorite hmm. parts arin you can go first yeah i think it's fair for us to you know talk about the characters first and gr- uh, lay the groundwork for the mm-hmm. basic plot yeah 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 so i i personally felt that almost the entire cast was phenomenal and that's mm-hmm. not an understatement because mm-hmm. if you look at all the performances right especially the protagonist the central protagonist who who's fresh off the prison right he's battled mm-hmm. through uh, alcohol addiction and he's finally dealing with his personal grief of uh, mourning mm-hmm. this of yeah. uh, accident and uh, yeah that goes at died right yeah. so all the performances in this show are extremely understated right they are so mm. understand to pull such performances off while also giving out long monologues i think that's and like the trust that mike flanagan might have put in these actors right it shows like the entire mm-hmm. talent of the cast and crew it shows that to pull off something like this and for something so like for something so extremely metaphysical to work mm-hmm. the cast and crew has to make sure right that has to be the number one priority on sets i assume to mm-hmm. build that proper atmosphere where everyone trusts each other mm-hmm. and are working simultaneously towards a single vision you know yeah because it's like 7 hours and 30 minutes right it's like not yeah. easy like to go into a movie like i i personally liked malignant but even that was like a two hour film right like even while watching malignant there were parts where like pace structural issues and you're like i don't know where this is going and all and that's how people mm-hmm. feel even while watching a two hour horror movie and this is a 7 mm-hmm. hours and 30 minutes show and it's not even it's not even like people are watching and experiences this experiencing this in a theater right it's so mm-hmm. easy to get distracted while watching yeah. something on netflix right on netflix totally. yeah. and to bring that point back sanjeev just for a second i'll go on uh, mm-hmm. sanjeev you said that uh, this doesn't work with i don't know like you said that structurally it doesn't feel like a tv show you know it feels like a long movie and yeah i think that Mike Flanagan knew that, and that's why there weren't there wasn't that, that, that is that wasn't a criticism. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I, yeah, I yeah, agree with that. that. I mean, I like that. Yeah. I like the fact that that it was treated like as as like one long whole story. Yeah, long expanded to seven hours. Yeah. yeah, I I like it. You go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm done. Through. Yeah. What do you think <laughs> okay. of the character? So yeah, yeah. So I mean, again, I'm pretty much with you actually here. I I. I've been reading like alternative perspectives, which have really criticized Zach Gilford's performance as Riley Flynn, and no. I thought he was very good. I really thought he was like the the understated, slightly jittery sort of performance of him. Yeah. I I thought he was very empathetic. Uh, I really loved Kate Siegel's or Siegel's performance as Erin uh, Green. I thought their dynamic oh, yeah. together was lovely. 
and i think that drive that drives a lot of the film through the monologue parts i think like i think hmm. if those two actors didn't have like a good chemistry between them i thought those monologue parts could really fall into like the let's tell everything and not show anything kind of like that that formula right. of it all <clears throat> i the only character slash perf- i mean i don't think the performance is caricature uh, the character I is i think and i don't know what i feel about this character i mean i hate the character so props to yeah. the actress for making me hate the character uh so this is of course bev keen played by samanth samantha sloan sloan yeah sloan and see the this is where some of my issues with the show also like kind of hmm. and and i'm hmm. jumping onto them because there's already so many positives that we will get to don't worry i'm not here to bash yeah. the show go on uh, <laughs> uh i so see the the thing is a lot of the show is about the complicatedness of faith and belief right to me at least hmm. like it plays mm-hmm. out from the beginning a lot about you know questions 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 we don't yeah. have certainty we don't have heroes and villains like that rhetoric mm-hmm. is so much into the show that when eventually you get a pure outright evil character and she is the representation of evil basically i think she has no mm-hmm. redeeming qualities i think the show recognizes that she doesn't have because the last moment of hers is one of absolute misery and of absolute punishment poetic justice the show, the show punishes her for being like what she is she literally <laughs> digs her own grave yes mm, yeah. exactly yeah yeah and yeah. and while doing so she burns so it's mm. uh so i'm not sure how much how effective then this becomes as a nuanced critique of orthodox christian beliefs which i think a lot of the show feels like it's doing but mm. then it has this character of bevkin who doesn't have a single redeeming quality and i think she's mm. the devil basically or because also cuz sloan's performance mm. is a bit whatever her performance is very nurse ratched in one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh very <laughs> evil very like uh scary mm. like she like i sanjeet messaged me saying she wanted to punch her and i said of course <laughs> you did i also wanted to like her character is so repulsive in her beliefs yeah, yeah. and like mm. so and and then uh, i think we had also talked about the fact that you know this idea and i said that i'm not that interested in people who are already fanatics i'm mm. more interested in people who kind of are on the verge of fanaticism so this mm. would to for me it was like you know riley's mother uh so annie flem mm. you know how she gets into the mindset of someone who gets why does she uh, believe so much in faith mm. or like why does erin have that strong idea of faith like those things i think the film the series is more complicated and mm. it's best at doing those and i think when it yeah, yeah, yeah. its villains and heroes very clearly and it does so in a number of moments not just with the uh, yeah, with yeah. bev's character there's a um, there's a scene at the school in the second episode itself i think mm-hmm. uh, where uh, this is my so maybe maybe i'm just going to exercise all or not in it exercise all <laughs> the stuff i have about the show's problems because they all yeah, kind oh. of are interlinked with each other Hmm. So it's Sheriff Hassan's character. Yeah, uh, that that there was something you and I wanted to Rahul talk Kohli, about. Yeah. yeah, Rahul Kohli, who yeah, yeah. actually I think his performance is very good. He was in Bly yeah. Manor also, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, and so his character at that school seminar in the second episode, 
or third episode he has this uh, almost like a speech and he has another speech later which i think is a very good speech but also very ill timed not smooth enough yeah very yeah. like exactly a, exactly it's a, yeah. a well written speech but it's also inserted at the at the moment where you need the action to move forward so in a certain way yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly yeah. so i think that that so his character in that scene when i saw the school scene i was like oh i now know mike flanagan dislikes one character this much and likes char- one character this much and i think mm-hmm. that was the point where i was like okay so this is less complicated at least than i thought Hmm. because i think like when I, when the show began i was like oh okay why is bev so so hellbent on this right i thought the show will go there because it does go without the characters father hmm. uh, the father monsieur what is his name pruit pruit monsignor pruit monsignor pruit's character has that arc yeah there other characters the end, have yeah. that arc there, but there is that one character which puts me off a little bit uh so yeah what what do you guys have to think about that sorry i've been babbling out <laughs> a little but, bit. um i um, feel this is the kind of show where you know it's always better to have these long monologues and to be so exposition heavy you know when it comes to like describing the show it's important for people to you know put out these thoughts and articulate it hmm. well with enough time hmm. only that would do it justice yeah so go on sanjeev So so here's what I think about um, Bev Keen's character. Obviously, I hated uh, that character. I wanted to punch her. Um, but here's here's what I think. Um, I'm not disagreeing with what Dhruv said because I think that is more or less a valid criticism. I think. Um, but if you look at like last time we spoke about uh, Mumbai Diaries, right? And there was this one character which I th- which I absolutely hated, and I thought there was no reason for that character to be a one tone antagonist. Um, which one of them was the cop and the other guy was the ward boy samarth who was like after his friend's death in the first episode goes a little crazy i think right and he starts like antagonizing the muslim doctor right mm-hmm. which i thought was really poorly done because the situation itself was tragic tra- tragic not tra- tragic ki you don't have to antagonize one character to you know get certain emotions out of it um but in this one it sort of makes sense because when you when you look at it um there has to be something supremely evil about things this is what i feel mm-hmm. and the one tone thing actually came out of the fanaticism that i was actually which i quite liked because those fanatics exist everywhere right and for that place for a for a personality like bev keen to exist was very normal for me okay it's like it's like you you probably see them day to day life obviously there are like complexities that are missing that could have been explored but i think he chooses not to because i think then that character you your hate towards that character's fanaticism it loses uh, it's you know steam by the end of it because if unless you don't hate you won't hate fanaticism so that character becomes uh, a, a metaphor for fanaticism in, in a sense yeah no i right? i i get what you mean i think Uh, the more the show goes on it it takes on a much more hmm. symbolic form i think it tries it, exactly it's, it, i think it's also yep. the, that the show t- continues to almost morph into a biblical drama itself right because i think hmm. it, it it follows it much more uh, like Religious visually <laughs> and yep yes yes sanjeev that's it that's what we keep the I'm getting on the train for 
yes religiously <laughs> word, uh, word, no but it's just the idea that you know the the fact that you kind of keep on uh, making all these allusions increasingly to the bible and like to i mean i'm not well versed verse mm-hmm. again sorry uh, i'm not well adept in like try in like the bible or anything mm. but i i've been reading from one of the one of the links which we can put whenever we put out the episode which has mm-hmm. a detailed uh, deconstruction of the verses that the show uses mm-hmm. uh, but the, there's like a whole symbolic thing going here which is i think fine and i agree what, what with what sanjeet is saying i just think uh, I don't want it to be like a deep exploration of her. I just think the show could be a little nicer to her, even though she's evil. I know that, but like I don't want her to like keep on shouting for her death and then the sun burning her alive. Like I, I just thought this show was like, oh, okay, this person deserves to die. I was like, yeah, fine. I, I mean, I don't like her, but like I would rather have you, the show, or the showrunner, give the that to that person a little bit of compassion. But sure, okay. Like I'll take, hmm. I'll take whatever cruelty you throw at her because she is horrible. <laughs> but but yeah. But see I, again, I don't think, I don't think like that was the point of the show. Like she had to die, like narratively and thematically, she had to die because there's, hmm. as you said, there's an absolutely no redeeming quality that she has, right? And hmm. the show is making that precisely it's making that point that for someone who's so bigoted by and so mm. bigoted and so blinded by religion that they literally see mm. literal devils as angels yep. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, making that it, it shows that some people tend to get tend to blind themselves so much mm. to these notions to justify their actions because they haven't been loved they don't see value in the world and they blind themselves so much out of pure, I, I guess, self-defense, I guess. They yeah, blind themselves so much that they literal devils as angels and go on convincing others why that isn't a devil and why everyone should allow that angel to enter their houses. And hmm. she even says this and I, I'm not even exaggerating. I hmm. literally teared up during that scene where she just the music like bursts up and she opens the church gate and she opens the door and she says he let them let them out otherwise how else will the gospel spread and mm. it's like that just that this one line embodies and symbolizes the entire point that the show is making and yeah. to watch something like this at such a time when religious fundamentalism like I don't need to tell anyone why and how religious fundamentalism is growing to its absurdness throughout the world right yeah and that just one line it hit me so hard and the the vampire like literally mm-hmm. sucking blood out of people and can we I, I know I'm going a bit off track over here, but can no, you no, no, talk yeah, about that one scene where that, that one scene where uh, Kate, um, See, what, yeah. what, is, what was the character's name? Erin. Erin Green. Erin Green. Erin Green. Erin Green, right. So, I fucking loved how in that scene, during her last scene, while that vampire is literally sucking the life out of her and drink, drinking her blood, <clears> she <throat> goes on and uh, she starts, you know, uh, damaging and um, yep. she starts cutting 
that vampires wins right yeah yeah and he doesn't even notice and mm. i think i don't know but i think that in a way is a metaphor for how like insanity people and vampire like people turn into actual vampires mm. while they are doing something out of pure <laughs> fanatism or yeah and yeah. it's just such a good metaphor like he didn't even realize and we see this uh, we see this foreshadowing uh, in a scene earlier the where, keeping uh, of wings thing right yeah yeah mm. yeah, yeah. The, in that house uh, that really chilling sequence i think that was a great horror scene mm. if you guys remember yeah. in that house but it's not at first it's not revealed that the vampire is actually there they are just hiding there those two mm. kids the one yeah. oh, okay okay with that scene yeah the yeah, only yeah. ones who actually end up surviving in the end oh and, the stick uh, yeah which se- seems like a stick figure yeah. in the in the background right yeah. like the creepiest yeah. stuff mike flanagan does is like oh keep like God. stuff yeah. just in the background all that stuff no is fantastic noise. fantastic yeah. stuff that kind of horror that i'm mm. in for right? i don't yeah. want them as i don't want to be treated yeah, like yeah, a fucking yeah. 12 year old who just tunes into movies for jump scares and not storytelling right and yep. mike flanagan is that's this throughout the show the temptation to opt for the these cheap scares is so evident but yet he resists right yeah, yeah. He, could have, he could have showed in an extra jump scare just to make sure ki um, let's make the viewers hooked thoda sa pehle and then we'll get hmm. to the main shit but no he hmm. doesn't do that because that wouldn't serve his thematic purposes and yep. that hmm. one of the best qualities that a great filmmaker has and mike flanagan is a great filmmaker yeah yeah, no, yeah i mean completely. see i i think you guys make a great point about the show making fanaticism uh or like equating fanaticism with vampirism or whatever vampiric stuff right mm-hmm. which i think i'm i'm all in for but here i think my problem lies more to the do more to do fa- more to the fact that i always found i think i began the show questioning if the horror elements will blend in with the sort of metaphysical stuff with it so i think because hmm. you have like these other characters and other things which are like questioning morality and like questioning like death and everything and people are like talking how to get over their traumas and everything so i for me it's just there's a there's too much of a conflict between like the absolute vampirism of like hmm. bev to like you know everyone else who is like damaged but also human kind of like that like cuz everyone else is like literally everyone else in the show is uh but, i don't um, know yeah, so no i was saying uh, but it's just the seventh episode the final episode which has the whole zombie thing happening right before that it the horror is still more nuanced as you yeah 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 i, I think the it's like the seventh episode has a lot of things that i think clar- like again clarify a lot which i would probably be like oh why are they, why are they clarifying this so much you know which part the the priest's wife i guess a father's oh, wife monster right, of fluids right, right, right. the whole burning down the whole church issue. i was like do we need that symbolism here like my head went like that see like i was mm. like mm. we get it do we really need to burn the whole church down though like i thought part of the show was embracing some elements of the church which are uh loving kindness mm. forgiveness understanding all that which you know there are characters who like erin like uh, lisa's character the one who survives one of the two characters who survives mm. those characters have like a 
adapt beliefs or positive beliefs from christian hmm. uh christian literature yeah. scripture whatever the theology hmm. and 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 they actually are like convey those so i think there is good to be had like it's not like so my problem is if you burn down a whole church i'm just like i guess then the church is a symbol of corrupted whatever orthodox christianity but, but um but i think it's it was the whole commitment to the biblical thing as you mentioned before no that must have triggered those decisions to be taken like the burning down of church and everything this is just I, an assumption obviously um i feel he took those decisions because he was committed to a certain kind of an ending that he was looking for yeah, no, I, right? I I totally see. I understand that I might might as well want more complexity, but I think I want it just because I think there is more in it. Hmm. I think hmm. the show promises but more. True. Yeah, but true. I don't think that it's making a statement. I don't think it's going for a black or white uh, uh, message. I don't think Flanagan is going for a black or white messaging with us sh- with this show because hmm. if you if you remember like if you recollect those and I'm just uh, I think I need to rewatch I have actually watched rewatch the final two episodes twice after watching hmm. the show but I think I need to watch okay. the final episode again it's hmm. been a while yeah watch the movie. last but, three together I think they oh, they make like a very good yeah, they the last three episodes yeah, together yeah, fifth yeah. sixth and seventh right yeah but go ahead go ahead sorry yeah so yeah. I was I was saying ki I don't think that the show is going with that ki burning the entire church and uh, burning the burning those institutions down those orthodox institutions right? I don't think it's uh, because if you look then hmm. towards the end of the show after everything is done they all start singing hymns hmm. right mm-hmm. so it shows us it tells us through that visual language and through that poetic language hmm. that no this is what faith and religion has always stood for because mm. it has its cons right everything like mm. people are always going to twist their uh, own ideologies and use them in Agenda a way to serve their everything. own purpose yep. right yeah that's why always going to be there but that's yep. what the show was going that eventually all that all those temporary agendas and all those things are going to burn down eventually and what will stay is that is that faith faith will prevail right that's what the show mm. is that's what mm. the show is going at and mm. that's why that's why those two characters end up surviving right mm. and they are mm. the youth that mm. represents the youth that represents the future generation in a literal way because it's it's telling through that last shot of the show which yep. i'm pretty sure it's the best final image i've come across this entire year in any film or movie easily in any film or series sorry it's so, a great because that shot, yeah. yeah that yeah. final shot in itself is telling the entire future gen- all the future generations that look now it lies in your hands now it's mm. up to you on how you decide to spread your own version of gospel, gospel and whether yeah. you want to yeah and whether you mm. want to just carry on with your own ideas or stick to the faith which is personal to you right no I, and that yeah, yeah. is Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's a great point made. I mean, I think my lens or the way I've looked at the show has been like I've been trying to look at it from various points hmm. of view, I think in that sense yeah. and uh and uh, and maybe I also need to revisit it. I generally don't revisit stuff, but maybe I will uh this hmm. soon. 
to see if the whole uh, combination of horror and theolo- like the whole deeper discussion of theology works better mm. maybe it does mm. uh, i think uh, my other and listen these are my main qualms because <laughs> i actually really like the show i know i'm coming across yeah, someone who really the, the like whole it. deconstruction thing is brilliantly done man the, the whole religion deconstruction okay. from point to point everything yep. and yep. it's like the whole the whole thing is about contradiction right hmm. uh like like this is not to demean or anything uh, any hmm. religion or any person but the whole demeaning starts hmm. uh, the whole contradiction starts from priests to people yep. who tell gospels right everything is is like contradiction so yeah. i think that part i think that was more appealing to me as a viewer than the horror aspect horror aspect came that was the more horrific aspect to me like mm. how anything could be twisted turned and spoken and you know preached mm. to people yeah. and people would yeah. still be gullible enough to believe it and i think uh, mm. then it and then you add every element of sorrow grief m- morality mortality death everything is like yeah. an added sprinkle to this whole dish which i felt was yeah. it's great it's great no doubt but i think the only and thing people, that uh, that maybe have lacked for me which is why it's not a masterpiece so to say for me uh, I, i mean i am not disagreeing with any of your points i think i can see your perspective i think and that's the whole subjective yeah, yeah. nature of it right you you're going to probably look at something what you are probably perceiving how you are perceiving things in life at at this moment right um and how i saw it was it it probably didn't uh, atmospherically hold my attention as good as haunting of hill house did for me to be honest hmm. uh, uh but those the like the fifth the fifth sixth seventh episodes i absolutely loved uh i think they were fantastic i couldn't like pick I, out anything specifically out of those three but i think when i watched those three in in a row so i watched the first four in like in space, like in in interval gaps and everything yep. but i watched the last three together and i thought they made for a very good binge watch i think it's worthy of a binge watch the i think the sh- the show peaks for me at uh, episode 5 end no episode 5 ending is one of my favorite It things i've seen this year okay uh the scream kate so siegel scream yep okay, yeah. kate siegel scream yeah. is the chill down the spine moment i've gotten uh i just think that's that scene... you know actually mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys have watched this movie but it's like clearly like the last shot of saint mod like it is the exact same shot i know. i i recognize yeah <laughs> it's like yeah mike flanagan was like oh my god someone is out there yeah. making film <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But uh, the reason I I really like that scene is because it's got. They, I think this is what I I always and uh, Aryan made this comparison in his uh, r- review also write up that it did Shining. remind him of uh, no no not The Shining. I will my mind go to The Shining, Sanjeev. Uh, <laughs> he's 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 very uh, wisely <laughs> switching to Paul Schrader and Terence Malick. Yeah, well. my yeah. <laughs> I'm switching to Schrader. 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 Schrader is great. Okay, yeah. No, no, but but Schrader's thing, first reformed, which mm. the main most fascinating thing and the reason that stuck with me so much is hope and despair, how both of them mm. exist together in a frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think episode five end captures the most. Mm. I guess mm. episode seven end also does, but I think for me the more effective thing is 
done in episode 5 when you see a vision of heaven being completely smash cut by someone burning and someone screaming so it's like that combination of two things existing at once mm-hmm. that's what captures whatever the complexity of it all for me which is why again my reference points are higher again higher in the sense that higher in ambiguity so like that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i get it and terence malick's the tree of life right <laughs> that also has this element and the show definitely i was i rewatched the speeches the three central speeches uh okay. with riley uh erin and erin again at the end when she's cut uh, when she's bit by the oh, vampire that is a fantastic uh, monologue yeah. at the end which so that mono yeah so that monologue reminded me most of tree of life that like mm. the whole sort of yeah. seeing everything or like seeing god in the universe everything around and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, there is de- uh, sorry go ahead. Sorry sorry go ahead go ahead sorry sorry. Go ahead you finish. No no I'm line. no no it's fine it's fine. I better shut up about Terence anyways. Go ahead. No 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 please no, no, go, go, on. go on go on yeah. I, I want to actually I want to actually join in right after you finish from that point that's why I'm just Okay. Yeah, go on. Uh-huh. So go it, on. it's it's just uh the reason it's effective is because like his perspective, Riley's perspective, Erin's perspective, the sheriff's perspective these mm. are like alternative ways i think to like what dev is suggesting right like how you adapt fate or how do you sort of use fate as a mechanism to like uh survive understand ideas of death and all that and like the whole mm. end of the series to me is like very pantheist this is like a term which means that uh there is no like single sort of god like a figure or anything it's like a everything everywhere is like divine kind of like that mm. and which is what okay. the whole tree of life thing is and that's how mm. you like accept or like you can accept how bad things happen to good people right kind yeah. of like that uh mm. so yeah that is that is it sorry for the philosophical mumbo jumbo there <laughs> uh but yeah uh aren't you good i i kid you not i did not even intend on doing this or looking at this in this way but i legit rewatched the tree of life just yesterday night oh wow <laughs> and that i didn't was... even know <laughs> i didn't even know that it would link so well and mm. i guess it would have been subconsciously at the back of my mind i guess because i was in that zone that i even mm. watched the card counter uh, shadows later yep. film so mm-hmm. i was in that zone right so i was like mm. let's rewatch the tree of life and mm. what i realized and now I started thinking yesterday after finishing the tree of life I started thinking about these things a bit because at that point of time I knew that we were going to record this episode today evening yeah. right <clears throat> so I just started thinking I just went down the spiral that both the films like both the tree of life and midnight mass both of these shows and both of these films are in a way trying to go at the same message right as you said pantheist's approach and mm-hmm. all but now i re- i can understand some of the criticism that a lot of people seem to have with midnight mass that is it is very monologue heavy and that it gets very even at times it gets preachy right but you have hmm. to know that if you compare it with the tree of life when it comes to terence when it comes to terence malick he is a visual director right he is literally yeah. his films are tone poem his films are literally a tone poem but <laughs> mike flanagan you have to realize you have to separate these two things 
because i'm while saying that i was i was going through these things in my own head i was justifying these points in my own head and that i'm articulating this right now ki whereas terence malick is a visionary filmmaker right he is a visual filmmaker mm-hmm. mike flanagan has the job to blend horror and to blend horror and these complex themes and portray and show them through a single film or a series right mm-hmm. so that is a totally different approach so i even i am saying that because i was criticizing in my own head midnight mass yesterday ki oh my god did i do like did i not go through this enough in my head ki was it like a bit too preachy because even while watching i was like okay this is like getting a bit heavy handed at times but i was still mm. fascinated by it because you know i've grown up like i've grown up being fascinated by philosophy like some of my favorite podcasts are like uh, making sense with sam harris and uh, mm. um i listen to these uh, people i forgot his name sheldon something sheldon solomon and all these people like i love listening to such philosophical podcasts and such philosophical ideas right so in a way this show was tailor made for me mm. right so even with these heavy handed monologues that wasn't a problem for me but at the same time i have to maintain that objectivity somewhat ki this isn't going to be for everyone because not everyone Mm-hmm. who's subscribed to netflix <laughs> is expecting such heavy handed monology philosophical ideas for a weekend right for a weekend night mm-hmm. no i, I yeah. mean i agree with our i my comparison with malik is just on the pantheist thing i don't expect mike mm-hmm. flanagan to make like a tone poem i have no <laughs> like i i know going in that i thought didn't even know that it's going to be anywhere close to like for like talking about yeah. stuff which is uh, malik slash shredder related mm-hmm. uh but the thing with the no i mean i think flanagan's mm-hmm. have got a harder thing to do uh, than malik malik is or like art house filmmakers they are like making films for like themselves i guess like yeah, they don't yeah. really care how much money it makes and all that right flanagan is probably making something i mean i can say that for malik because he's made like three tone poems after that all of which are like made <laughs> Malik, five, five not just money. Malik doesn't even care if Malik doesn't even care what his actors and what his cast oh, yeah, would think, true, even exactly. if they yeah. would cut like two minutes out of their entire. That's yeah, that's true. so exactly. Yeah. Flanagan has a much harder job that way, and he's mixing genre elements with like theology. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. one of the notes I also made while while watching it was like. I I don't mind the tell don't show moments here because I really am fascinated by these questions in general but mm. like I can understand if someone really checks out of these cuz like there are many quite a few mm. and I think one of the things we haven't mentioned actually that much is I really like the way how uh, differently the monologue between or like the conversations between father or Mo- monsignor pruitt and Wait. uh and not Aaron uh, Riley are short and how the monologues be- between Riley and uh, Aaron are short so like the mm-hmm. the stuff at the rec center where they are talking about that it's got That's... like that very off centered composition everyone is like mm-hmm. really, yeah. it's got a disorienting feel to it yeah there is yeah. like yeah. your long take stuff in the in the that thing it makes it much more effective that's a good use of long take I don't mm. know why there's a long take at the beginning of the second episode though. 
like i don't know what that comes oh, the one that goes for. around those characters right? i was like why this, not why this show i was like what is this supposed to sort of be like i, I was just like <laughs> okay, it's fine he's doing his long take thing no but then uh, i feel flanagan is a very very good director purely by how he edits his uh, hmm. shows and films yeah. uh, like it's not just a very basic thing of uh, shooting just something or something like that like like take for example i spoke to you about the last scene also before um how it intercuts to what uh, riley and erin had a conversation similar to that right mm-hmm. um so the way he cuts from that to the other place i mean it feels amazing and no amazing is like an understatement i think it it impacts you visually and subconsciously at the same time yeah because i think you i was crying start man. getting those thoughts crying. in your yeah <laughs> yeah i mean so that is a very good trademark of a of a director director making something very uh, i don't know if even if you write all of that on paper it doesn't make sense unless you go out there and shoot it and make sense out of it right i mean i because arun was saying he was crying i was like i was cheering at the moment where one of the characters who i think is underdeveloped does one thing and i was like you go do that to bevkin like that way uh this is uh, at the rec center when the when sheriff's uh, uh, child or like whatever Son. that dude decides to like uh, burn the rec burn center down. down and i yeah. was like you go do that to bev uh, even though i think their storyline is very tokenistic am, yeah even i am i'm slightly forward. conflicted with that uh, hmm. with that subplot track Yeah, the whole Muslim angle. I thought the it's it got it's got the same problem as like many other things that they just put it there for the sake of it. And then if you if you like you remember we had this conversation with Ashwini on another episode, right? Uh, it's like those Muslims are very binary. I think I now get mm. what he was trying to say then. That these Muslims, you show them praying, you show them doing X Y Z things, which are very specific to Muslims. Can't there be someone doing? a muslim doing normal things i mean that's a very good possibility right um, i mean i just think they're too less explored i think like he's huh, reduced to two huh. three speeches which i think is my problem with it there's a better way i, I think mean, of showing that which the, you know there's a montage after in in i uh, this i noted huh one second let me show off what i noted uh, yeah. yeah no no there's a montage after in the in the third episode after the miracle happens of like someone just getting up uh miraculously mm. who hasn't been able to walk uh this mm. sort of miracle happens and then there's a montage showing what effect this has had on people and how they're trying to you know improve their lives and it's mm. very expertly cut with sheriff trying to help a lot of people without us without you know uh subscribing to any book values or anything yeah, like yeah, yeah. i yeah. i like all that but i think if you're mm. like putting two very central monologues which are supposed to be like very central to what his main thing yeah, is yeah 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 like that feels a bit like shortcut because you mm. didn't have time to fit that in i think that's that's more as what i was actually trying to point at yeah go ahead do you guys think that we are uh, like looking at this particular storyline this way because we are so uh, like oversaturated with the kind of storylines we have been accustomed to see over here in india right when it comes to such muslim characters and such minority characters mm. because i personally never felt that the show was going at that because the show was just going for a counter to that religion you know it was just 
that those two characters were acting like a pushback to an old already prevailing ideology already don't not ideology think- or prevailing cult to be more precise this this problem exists in you american films also right separately i mean yeah definitely as americans also they must have been they must have been saturated by this whole thing also no i mean they, there is the whole race thing no where like the black character yeah. the token character and then that gets chucked uh-huh, uh-huh, even uh-huh. even yeah, yeah, yeah. like muslim and indian yeah. characters say yeah, right after 911 that entire yeah, yeah, yeah. decade was like yeah but it's yeah. that's in this show i'm not talking about i think this the, i think we're nitpicking on it no doubt ah, i mean we're uh, nitpicking it's not like yeah, a big yeah, yeah. it's not like detrimental <laughs> it's a big to the issue <laughs> i agree i agree yeah, yeah, yeah. both of you when it comes to that jail wala scene where she, he just hmm. puts out that entire back story of his hmm. character ki i hmm, hmm, hmm. i was actually, yeah, yeah. i think uh, 911 ka hi kuch tha yeah so, yeah, uh, yeah the whole 911 story uh, he tells he got into something yeah, else yeah. and then when he complained yeah uh, uh, uh well well written and well, well performed yeah. by the way but like just but very well strangely written, integrated exactly. into the narrative here yeah. yeah. uh mm. but yeah that's what else do you have but, do you um, have to say i'd like to appreciate the whole zombie slash vampire thing whatever he did man as as genre element into this thing i i, you, I told you i so my, the monologue saved me for that honestly like the 7th episode to me was like i know i know you you had your fine line I was like yeah. one one wrong step and this is Shaun of the Dead for me, which is problematic <laughs> in this show. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I was like no, just no. one step but, wrong and I'll be like laughing. But even that scene was absolutely fa- point, like fantastic. Was like... Uh, the the once just before you move on to what you were saying, there's that whole thing where everyone just gets onto the road and starts singing hymns as they go to uh, for their vig- Easter vigil, right? boss oh my god they got chills down my spine god. and there is that one shot that god, god i show god the view ha yeah. where devil jive they just uh, in this case in this case yeah, yeah. Uh, they are just walking and i was like boss this is fantastic and i was getting all that that it, it just felt very horrific and props to the composers and newton brothers i think they did a really really good job uh, and the music. i really the sex the sixth episode also has that actually element of like you know that slow build up and that ma- mass suicide is crazily oh creepy yeah, yeah i yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like that's i mean i've realized that that kind of stuff really freaks me out I, for some reason for the past week i've seen a mass suicide <laughs> film three times it's shocking and all three times i've just been like Why am I watching this? Because like Please I clearly am... <laughs> start, start watching Family Guy after this. I think I'm going to complete like, my VHS series. You're celebrating. <laughs> you're celebrating Halloween in the most literal way. Like this is like 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 I've but I've realized that this is really horrific to me because it's like rooted in like real whatever human psychology, mm, like how yeah. people can actually do this. And in all the things I've seen it, it's believable why people will do it. So it's like really scary. uh the other things which that are there one i'm not going to spoil because sanjeet will scold me and then the other one is vhs 2 uh, uh okay. this is the short film by Ga- the raid director who i keep on forgetting his name uh gareth who? gareth gareth Ebert. evans gareth evans gareth yeah. evans yes yeah 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 okay yeah yeah anyways he he made like apostle also right apostle which is also very gory gory yeah <laughs> Sorry, Aryan, you go ahead now. Yeah, I couldn't help but keep thinking about the Martin Scorsese film 
silence while watching Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. Have you guys watched that film? Yeah, I have. Yep. Yeah. I also I love very it much also. like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? I, sorry, I couldn't hear the net words. No, uh, both of us very much like it. Uh, yeah. yeah. There is no case of the shining happening here for one of us. Thank God. So I, for me, that was like one of the most spiritual movie watching experience I've had. Silence, hmm. and I, I still think that it's easily it is one of the most underrated Scorsese films along with uh, along with After Hours and Last Temptation, I guess. So yeah, and I couldn't help but notice the parallels. And what did you guys think about the cinematography like throughout the show? Like I. Uh, I know that you mentioned we already talked about that God's Eye we shot and about how gorgeous that entire sequence looked where they go and sing hymns and walk to the church. But in general, like this for the show that is so fucking creepy and unsettling in its last three episodes, it's absurdly well shot and beautiful to look at. Like <laughs> no, so so this is what Flanagan does really well. No, with the cinematography. Uh, so it remains mostly consistent throughout the series like i'll case in point uh, uh doctor sleep or haunting of hill house um like he'll he'll take this very very still frames he won't do anything to it you know he won't even like do like a pan most of the time like those typical horror tropes and it's like he'll just put something inside the frame which you won't even notice unless you're actually noticing things so uh, that's the whole thing it's very seamless so you can't really pick out keep this is fantastic because it's it just blends with the whole thing really well that you are your it mm-hmm. it registers subconsciously i think that is also very good cinematography um where you're doing everything subconsciously like you're just uh, absorbing that, everything yeah. so, like this is what happened in holding of villas also like i think after i i'm not sure which episode i think it's the third or the fourth episode or maybe the fifth episode uh there is this one frame in their house and this is the flashback thing that is happening in that show and the frame is completely still those characters are moving around in the kitchen and there is this one uh, window where there is someone looking into uh, through it and i was genuinely creeped out i jumped out of my uh, sofa at that point and that is uh, the stuff that is creepy i don't und- that like is i that really sense i got absolute spine. chills i had to sleep with a couple of my friends because i didn't want to sleep alone after that <laughs> i was like no, i'm not that's like that's what i call that's what i call actual spine chilling horror like, yeah yeah, yeah. So unnerving and unnerving. there's like 100 yeah. or some easter eggs in haunting of hill house where like there are people in some edge of the frame and like yeah, yeah I'm, I'm talking like, about that only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I love exactly that, that stuff. Like the jump scare yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff is so. It's got like the very short, exactly. ta- short lifespan. No, it's like exactly. jolt and then done, jolt and then done. Uh-huh. But that's exactly. the thing with horror. Like the typical cheap horror is what it gives you, like cheap thrill, right? The instant effect of it. But yeah. this stays longer because I think you start looking at things uh, like how in Hereditary, right? The yeah. whole wall climbing that happens. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. genuinely scared for a week or two looking at walls. I was like, "Is someone behind <laughs> me?" <laughs> you know, I think I mean, there was that, a scene that is... in Hereditary as well. The wall scene. Yep. Yeah, that, that is the what I'm referring scene. to the the Hereditary scene. Oh, I think okay. the haunting of yeah. Villas is the one uh, the jump scare that I remember is when they are in that car in their car 
and the mm. uh, the whatever apparition just yeah, comes yeah. from behind very very uh, untraditional yeah. mike flanagan jump scare i guess yeah. I, I, but i think that the, made sense in that that show because you ha- they had he had to do it for both those characters to believe mm. in what was happening Go so ahead. for that it makes sense I, in this one i think the one jump scare was uh in the first episode the tilt? where it the tilt that happens uh mm. i mean it, i you, like it, that i like it yeah. i mean it prepares you because it is going for that unsettling camera turn and you know something is going to come um, but the, the the end of that the end of that first episode has a similar shot like the shot recurs but then it's done very very well cuz like you can just see like the police ambulance lights uh, in the background so it's not like so a like, cheap thrill right it's like, like smart guy like smart guy in the sense that you know how to like integrate <laughs> everything in that way yeah, like subtle yeah, yeah. horror like you, you guys, do did you guys notice Seven ka poster in this room. Four yeah, shadowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the four shadowing is is done really well in this yeah. the whole uh, show. I mean, I, I think this is a very makes up for a very very good uh, binge thing. Like, I don't know if of yeah, haunting of Villas was like a binge yeah. thing, but this but this is definitely a binge. I didn't binge on it because I can't uh, binge on things on like shows. But Soprano uh, Sanjeev. I mean the case exceptions are <laughs> always welcome but uh, yeah I think properly binge over you properly binge over I think that I mean if you're into theology it's totally a movie you know I yeah. I really yeah 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 addressing it as a series like even hmm. uh, subconsciously I just I can't but even yeah, like you know the sense. titles of all of them are so like understated like that the beginning yeah, titles, yeah. i think that no, is like, what i read in rl's credit scene and all that and i'm just like nothing yeah wow like Makes, good yeah. good on you <laughs> good uh, stuff <laughs> good on you for like building and on your uh, haunting guys, house lore and then talk, making this we hmm. <laughs> yeah. guys talked right about how he's into incorporating these Uh, unsettling images images at the uh, like corner of the frames and all mm-hmm. and here for the first time at least i did and i think most of us can literally see him incorporating these things not just it's not just limited to the screen but he has incorporated these things into the screenplay mm-hmm. at finding mm-hmm. horror yeah. something that lies right in front of us but yet we don't recognize it and yet yeah. we keep searching like all of us i say us i speak for all of us right and yet yeah. we keep searching for these horror cheap films as we call it sanjeev and these b grade horror movies like no offense yeah. to them they are genuinely fun right i mean yeah, i've grown up watching catchy horror films. Yeah, yeah yeah but it was it i think flanagan through this and it by the way the, the precision and the art on display the reason why the show looks and feels so fucking like immaculately designed and so fucking perfectly designed the way it feels that way is because this story is personal to flanagan right he grew up mm, as an altar yeah, boy yeah, yeah. he yeah. catholic church church work right and yeah. it shows like he's telling through this show that no wait a second the greatest horror elements are the ones that lie right in front of you and which are an inherent inevitable part of the human psyche mm-hmm. right and that's what and it all builds and all it all just comes together in the end and i i genuinely think that the main reason one of the reasons why i feel so strongly about the show even after 10 days after watching it the reason why i feel so strongly about this show and the reason why it transcended me to an literally to another dimension is because 
while i was uh, finishing uh, while i was finishing of the series during the hmm. last episode half pe the last episode it was somewhat uh, 4 in the morning right on a weekend <laughs> it was 4 in the morning and it started raining outside heavily <laughs> okay like little thunderstorm <laughs> and people are in the show people are singing hymns and there is those that uh, final monologue of oh, um, skate character and it's i i could literally hear the rain like outside i can literally hear the lightning did you watch it in dark yeah obviously i always watch it in light yeah. no no i watched it with <laughs> I the night on my own i wouldn't watch it in light like it defeats <laughs> the whole purpose i also want to be scared at the end of the day although i don't like horror uh, genre films shows as uh, as such uh, i i i'll rather you watch should, it in the literally though <laughs> put this as your uh, instagram bio we insert podcast at the end of the day i just want to be scared <laughs> ah, but i want I to be no i mean scared. i am looking for that otherwise what is the whole point right i'm going into a comedy movie and not coming out laughing or enjoying ha huh, that's <laughs> the whole comedy horror ka thing no like if you don't like yeah. those are the ones operating most on like immediate or like whatever uh, i mean but that's the thing even though i am i don't like watching horror films or show because it deeply unsettles me for a very long time i mean mm. uh, uh, it happened with, the first time it happened was in bhulbhulaiya and i was genuinely genuinely scared for like <laughs> I, I, yeah 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 i i yeah. still have those those bad memories i think that was 2007 i was like 10 or 11 mm. i think at that time or whatever uh, but um, i mean so so i really don't and uh, actively watch something unless it's like something think, brilliant like what hereditary and what baba duke was when i watched them um mm, sorry <laughs> no I'm, i'm kidding before we get into another thing about uh how hereditary is brilliant or not but let's not i mean it. hereditary was a different kind altogether right i so, agree i just i have problem don't look now <laughs> <laughs> the exorcist let's agree on that no oh, exorcist uh, yeah. yeah completely on see exorcist absolute like directing the shit out of it freaking yeah so yeah. and the reason the reason that has kept me like the reason that has been bothering me a bit uh, ever since the show came out is because since it's on netflix it's going to land onto a lot of people's phones and you know laptops and those people like it's going to get into hands of a lot of people it's not intended at you know like the show is an intended to the it's it's not intended to cater to a larger essay demographic of audience right especially people who are subscribed to netflix so i worry about this getting buried under the massive clickbait uh, stuff that go, that go on imdb to read the reviews the fun yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> adventures into hell hole <laughs> no no listen this i did for fun i knew i was getting into it but no the, these types of shows and films you even like mm. your hereditary and like your the witch and everything they have fun reviews why like people who say that they are absolutely boring and like they have nothing to do uh, oh, but like then, see but because they are coming looking at it in a very traditional sense of because course, but yeah, traditional yeah. horror doesn't exist anymore the traditional mm. horror doesn't work as well as it did right really sanjit can conjuring has so much success but the that nun, i don't like, no the nun is ago, the right? nun has success conjuring is good sorry the yeah. none has huh. so like but none has financial success it isn't like people people go into watching those for cheap thrills yeah. like did you i watched none in a almost like a 60 70% packed theater 
and me and my friends just friends just went for fun right yeah. um how, how did that end up going because i also went for fun people in slept. one corner of it yeah. i i to get scared very easily so for me it's a different yeah. issue altogether but i saw there was this one section who were laughing their asses off in the whole film yeah even my theory was that even i remember the, uh, i i remember watching conjuring 2 in theater as well hmm. and i went with friends hmm. we wanted to have fun that was the whole objective we went into it i i've been telling i don't like watching horror movies but i've been going to theater for whatever so yeah theater sanji theater makes you do everything theater does yeah everything yeah. everything you know drugs yeah. but whatever <laughs> There was this one section. There, there was this one guy who literally said, uh, "He was like, like in Hindi, he just said he wanted to just punch that person, and everybody burst out laughing in the theater." So that is a very different outlook for which and all you mm-hmm. couldn't really do that. Well, I watched Witch in the Cinema. I t- it was so yeah. unsettling. Like to watch a film like the Witch in the Cinema, I was just like, "There's <laughs> one scene in the Witch which is so creepy, like the, the peekaboo." No, no, no. The child starts going on and on, on like about a sermon. Like he just keeps on reciting and reciting and reciting. And I was just like, I don't remember. Watch it again. You will remember. I I watched which in like complete atmosphere, like blacked out lights and everything. And I was watching alone. And suddenly yeah. my roommate came and he just tapped on my shoulder and just almost like fell off my chair <laughs> because I was like so much into it. So this is what these kind of horror films do to you, right? They don't give you that. Uh, It's the the chill down the spine. It's the chill down of, the spine. Yeah, yeah the yeah. goosebumpy feeling, right? Where, and then they have that sort of intellectual meat or emotional <laughs> meat to them also that you like. Keep yeah, on yeah. thinking about them, and then the horror kind of just like stews mm-hmm. in in I your mean, psyche. This is what Don't Look Now did to me at the start of this year. The like, there was just film. one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, There was this one and a half month period where I was just thinking about Don't Look Now for a very long time. The opening sequence in that film is like like the whole film is fantastic, right? boss. The that film is like an editing masterclass. It's got one of the scariest jump scares, also. I think I was like I that that's a separate discussion altogether. But Don't Look okay. Now, Halloween oh. special. Some Halloween moderates. special. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get into that, but. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Closing thoughts on on Midnight Mass. If you guys go watch it. If you are interested in theology and horror, go watch it. Yeah. Uh, but but like again, it's very important to say that there are people who will not like this just because. I mean, if I think people who haven't watched it and are still listening, why would mm. you? Because we warned you that there's like spoilers. Uh, but if they are still listening, then like watch it. With the mindset that this this is not a very typical horror show, or it's not even typical. It's not even like Haunting of Hill House. Hmm, it's, it's, like not, it's not. It's yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Aryan. Yeah. So I would like, I would want as uh, as Ruth said, I would urge people not to go in expecting cheap thrills and not to have any easy answers and you know make the. Mm. Uh, have their time with the show and then start watching it and i would preferably like uh, suggest anyone to watch the show in like two seatings i guess because it's mm. like it's uh, it's meant to be experienced as a single viewing experience yeah, yeah, but it's not totally. possible neither it was for me seven straight out seven and a half so flanagan through his masterclass storytelling closing thoughts flanagan through his masterclass storytelling attempts to provide a response if not an answer to these questions what are dreams if not fragments of our imagination what are humans if not stardust questions that are tailored that will 
what will likely be and become the great dilemma of our age go watch midnight mass it's the most transcending experience that i've had mm. watching any piece of cinema or film audio and please we'll remember this peace. Yeah, no, and peace. and remember this remember you are dust and to dust you shall return oh oh that's the oh. that's the proverb oh. no i mean um, for me it's like what appealed to me most was the questioning of beliefs and i think that is the number one selling point for me uh what if you do that i think i'm sold and blending horror into it was just magnificent i think i've already spoken about this some four five times now throughout this podcast so yeah so yeah fantastic show please please watch it uh don't have any expectations but have expectations because it's a mike flanagan show announced <laughs> uh, he announced a new netflix show by the way oh wow yeah. nice I mean, you can't make a sequel to this, considering everyone dies. Yeah, I'm I hope he doesn't. I know. <laughs> I mean, he but can't. But he didn't let that vampire let go away, no. No, he dies. That's the last scene. No, it's like open-ended. Open-ended, no. no. It's not How? open-ended. Her, her, the, he, her legs the, go. The vampire no. flies off, no. Her legs go, no. But she says, "My leg, my legs are feeling no, leg, heavier now." No, no, no. I'm talking about the yeah, vampire. She says that. Are it so the vampire dies? Hey, then only the legs like, will feel. No, no, yeah. but no, no, no. But I read oh, about the, this. The explanation. Uh, her legs go purely because the concentration sunrise. of that in in the stream reduces. In I that bloodstream. Uh, this is given I, by Mike Panigan himself. Yeah, but uh, that's not always a reliable thing. I mean that's his interpretation. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, even I uh, look at it that way. Ki he dies, but uh, like even I'll, I'll like, I'd like to believe he dies. Huh? I don't want like yeah, a serial like, ending. I mean, this for sure. I mean, if he doesn't die, then what? All of them get burned like anything <laughs> for nothing. Uh, <laughs> like, I would just but imagine. But they, they already had consumed. They already died to have that effect, yeah. right? Uh, she didn't yeah. consume uh, the poison, or she didn't die. The the girl, right? What was her name? um Aaron. the little girl Aaron no, no, the, not Aaron. no no li, uh, li, oh, lisa 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 yeah, yeah. so her, the concentration of blood and because it is foreshadowed in one of the sequences where uh, the doctor um, gunning she explains yeah. that after a certain point the when the concentration reduces it doesn't affect you in that scene where she's yeah, explaining but again i would um, think it's a bloody horrifying ending if the dude survives like he keeps on flying and I mean, like infecting i mean people. that's that's how you interpret right i mean obviously i'd like to believe the vampire dies as well no right? but like if he doesn't die then what's the point of her like cutting his wings like this like what's the profoundity in that isn't i mean isn't there you wanted ambiguity i'm giving you ambiguity what but is not ambiguous i think i don't think are it is not <laughs> because it's very clear that like to me those two things are linked and i also think like itna nihilism thodi na hoga like they won't I mean, be like oh like, i'm just saying i'm just saying that it's it a like possibility Paul Schrader, right who like slaps a ending on you when two people like go into a dream sequence and like whatever uh, <laughs> so, anyways i i i have to read mike flanagan's take on it then i guess I yeah know. i read the whole thing uh, last night only before okay. sleeping uh, so there was like, there was like a lot of explanation that i wanted actually uh, so i got it so i mean good for me but anyway Okay, so this was a really, really good episode. Thank you to Aryan for coming uh, for this episode. Uh, we hope that Aryan comes in for more episodes soon. Um, so please follow Aryan on his Instagram handle, Aryan Talks Film. You can also check out his articles on Film Companion, which you'll find under the tag of Aryan Vyas. If I'm not wrong, anything else? No. 
No, Aryan Vyas only. Right? Please go watch. Yeah, you can check out check out the link in his bio on Aryan Talks Film. You can follow uh, Dhruv on yeah. Terminal Terminal Cinema. You you can't don't follow me, but you can follow um, Queen Is Dead dot Film Podcast. You can follow us on Spotify. It really really helps us a lot. Many more episodes coming soon. I think we'll probably put out like two two episodes every week now. Is that Anwar ka jab kissa in it or no? No. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> but interesting episodes coming out with wonderful guests uh in the coming few weeks um please make sure to follow uh yeah this is it thank you khatam mm-hmm.